Well, it's just wonderful to be back here and uh, visit with you folk again. It's uh, very, very, and very, very heartening to me to be here. I count it a very special time to not only minister here, but to visit with your pastors is always an uplifting time. And I just want to encourage you um, along the way. This is a powerful, powerful church. More powerful than if you look at it in the natural, but it is a very powerful work. You may be seated. Stefan and Vanessa, when I come into your building here, I sense a very warmth, uh, a very uh, a closeness to God. You've built a strong tower here. Um, and you people are the righteousness of God that this place is built for. The Bible talks about the righteousness of God running into it. And so this sanctuary is a secret place. It is a place of protection and a place that you can come and recoup and set aside, it's set aside for you. And I pray that you get the same sense as I do when I come in here. This is a peaceful place for you. And uh, I just salute your pastors. They're just so tremendous. And the reason why this place has become a tower in this valley and in this nation is because they preach the word of God. Where the word of God is preached, it will always build a tower. And the righteous can run into it. Can you say amen? Amen. To the congregation here, I want you to know it's a pleasure for me to minister to you. When I look out at you, I see a special people. I see new creations everywhere. And so for a minister, it's no light thing to speak to you. To share the things of God. I count it a big privilege to speak with you this morning. You people are a people that have been delivered out of the power of darkness. You've been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Satan has lost his dominion over you. You are a victorious people. And as this new creation man grows in the knowledge of who he is, he becomes independent of the circumstances of life. He begins to live above want. He begins to live 
above where influence would try and trap him and draw him in. But it doesn't sway him. In all things, he becomes a master. Now that's where you're headed. Every one of you that is born again is headed to be a master of every situation and circumstance that you face in life. Now there's a growth on the way, we know that. It just doesn't happen overnight. You may not realize that there is a battle going on for your mind. It has never been so intense. Every waking moment, the battle continues. This world, my brother and sister, is a crazy place. It's an unsafe place. Words, words, words. Every day battering at you. Lies, lies, lies. Deception everywhere to dumb you down. For you to accept the status quo that you can't make it. You just got to go with the flow. No, not in God you can't. Not if you take a hold of God's word. You're more than a conqueror, praise God. So praise God, there is a rest for the family of God and that rest is called faith. This sanctuary, as I've said, is a strong tower because of the word that's being preached here. It is a place that you can run for shelter from the words out there. You can run here and be safe. And what a privilege that has to be. I can't speak more highly of your pastors. In 1982, it was when we ministered at the Bible college that they attended here in Wellington. Um, And we have watched them grow. We've seen the soundness that they've brought into the body of Christ and the vision that they have. Um, It's just been a blessing. You see, what a great privilege it is to know that your pastors are keeping you safe through the word that is being preached to you. You learn that until you begin acting on the word and when you begin to start to act on the word that they preach, you begin to come out of weakness and into strength. Hallelujah. You begin to take on a new type of understanding, a new life altogether. You become the master, glory be to God. And I'll tell you this, as I heard Dash give a testimony uh, this morning, I thought that's what it's all about. 
That's what, that's why we're pastors. That's why we preach the word. And that's the biggest thrill of all the achievements that we can achieve. We might grow a big ministry, but the greatest achievement is to see and have a testimony like Dash gave today. That's what I'm here for. To try and build some word into you that's going to put you over. Every one of you. And I'm believing that today. Through Jesus Christ, you and I reign as kings. Right here on the earth and right now. Even when we are surrounded with the influence of the adversary. We are more than conquerors, overcomers in this life. We are victorious through the blood of Jesus Christ. Can you understand? Can you have a vision what it would mean, what it would do if there was a group of people like yourselves that overcome the circumstances of life and that they knew their Heavenly Father so intimately that they never ever thought of a need to have faith, that they never had a need for, to, to, to have ability, that they never had a thought of a need for power. These people had it. They knew who they were. Glory be to God. If you can see a people and conceive a people like this, then you can see a people who are masters. Glory be to God. That dominate the circumstances of life. Amen. After eternal life is received, then we begin to renew our mind so that you can grasp the significance of who you are through revelation in the Word of God. So this morning, I want to share a word with you. I'm not going to be teaching you baby Christianity. I'm taking you from a place where you are now into the high kind of life. How you can achieve that. Can you say amen? Can you, have you got ears to hear this morning? So let us pray. I'm going to pray a prayer that Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1. So let us pray. I pray, Father, that the eyes of this people's understanding being enlightened this morning that they may know what is the hope of your calling and what is the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe. Hallelujah. According to the working of your mighty power which you wrought in Jesus Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him 
at the right hand, Father God, Lord, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. So, Father, we are seated in Christ Jesus. We are high and lifted up. And we thank you, Father, to increase every person here today that there will be something in this message that will speak to them and strengthen them for the days ahead. Amen. I want us to go to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 8. And I guess that of all the chapters in the Bible, I love Romans chapter 8. Hallelujah. Um, I can remember back in my early years when we were first saved, we went to our first, um, our first prayer meeting and we had someone preaching over a radio uh, Romans chapter 8. Well, it was so far above my head, we, we thought, you know, we couldn't understand very much about it. But I've, I used to then sort of avoid Romans chapter 8. <laughs> but now I've come to love it so much so, it's probably my favorite chapter. <laughs> Hallelujah. Romans chapter 8, we'll begin and we'll look in at verse 4. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. God wants every promise fulfilled in everybody's life that gets born again. But he cannot do it if you follow after the flesh. Are you following me? For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are of the flesh cannot please God. You see, the flesh nature fights God. It hinders us to progress into God's best. And verse 9 says, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of us, of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is is life because of righteousness. He did not say there that the Spirit was alive. He said the Spirit is life. It is zoe. 
It is the God kind of life. People that are in hell are alive. And he says, our, de- our spirits have been declared life. And our bodies have been declared dead. Just hang on to that and we will find out what that really means. So if the spirit is declared life because of what it's inherited from the last Adam, Jesus Christ, then the body is declared dead because of what it received from the first Adam. So here we are. We are, we need to understand something about spirit, soul, and body. The real you is a spirit. You have a soul which is your mind, your emotions, the the area that you make your decisions. That's the area of the soul. So we are a spirit and we have a soul and we live in a body. Amen. If we ain't got one of these, we've got no right here uh, on planet Earth. Amen. If we're going to go to uh, out into uh, space, we need a space suit to live there. We need one of these things. Amen. But it came from the first Adam. And God has declared it dead. The spirit is the only area of you that is saved. The real you is saved. Amen. And positionally, God has declared that the Spirit is in Christ at the right hand of the Father. That's positional truth. But positional truth for the body is dead. In other words, before you and I were born again, we walked after the ways of this world. Our conversation was with this world. And uh, we lived in the, in the flesh, as it were. It dominated the, the, the spirit man. But now we're born again. God has declared it to be dead, to lose its power over the spirit. Hallelujah. And so this is our whole life from here to death we are to renew our mind to understand these things and to build up the spirit to dominate the flesh walk are you with me now okay so that is so important for you and I to really understand now go over with me to um, chapter 7 And the Apostle Paul is speaking here about the flesh. He wants to to be able to do the things that are are right in God. He wants to do everything that's right, but, but there's something in him that stops him from doing it. And he goes on to explain it like this in verse 18. For I know 
that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not that I do. Now, if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight after the law of God, after the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin and death, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ. Amen. Our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Hallelujah. I don't very often preach about sin. But sin manifests itself in death. And Paul had the same problem that we struggle with today. And let's go to let's go over to Ephesians chapter two, and we'll just come in there for a bit more background. Ephesians two. Hallelujah. Ephesians two, chapter one. And you hath he quickened, you hath he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation in times past, in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, but God, hallelujah, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are you saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, glory be to God. So before you were born again, or before I was born again, my flesh, my body, was ruling my life. But when I got born again, the real me was recreated, and God declared that my spirit would take charge of my life. It would rule over my body. And so he has set us all. When God, when you got saved, it was an immediate thing that your spirit was recreated. We have a soul. It takes a lifetime to renew it, and that's our part. 
and at the end of our life or at the last trump, our bodies are going to be changed into a glorious body and we're going to walk free of this thing. No hindrance, absolutely free, completely saved. Spirit and soul and body. So now we're on that journey. I want you to understand that. We're on that journey. And praise God, I've got some help for you. I don't know whether you like to hear it, <laughs> but do you know what? We are spiritual people. We're already now saved in our spirit. But now God's bringing to us the word, causing you in your life to be a strong tower as well. Amen. To be above everything just to be a master. But it's what you put into it is what you're going to get. You can't just come to church and sit on those pews and think that everything's okay just because I went to church here and I heard the word. Oh, I enjoyed it. What was the message about? Um, it was about something. It was good anyway. All I know was good. But now, my brother and sister, if you don't act on what you're being preached, you're going nowhere. You can remain a baby Christian. You know, you see people? Sitting, you know, like uh, drinking milkshakes, the baby, the baby, 40 years old. What would you think of a child that you brought up and you, who was still 40 years old uh, drinking milk, never getting onto the meat of the word? Amen. And so it's time for us to realize if we're going somewhere, and I believe with all my heart that this is big time we're in right now. This world's in big time. And it's a big time of good against evil. And the evil is ra raising its head so tremendously. It's, it's making the word of God as though the word of God is a lie. But God's calling on you. He's placed his spirit in you to make a difference here in Wellington, here in your family. Your families are to grow up and to be strong in the community. We can turn it around, each one of us, just by bringing up our families right. Amen. I mean, this time, it's, it's time to really get close to God. And so I'm going to share with you what God has given me uh, concerning uh, this message tonight, today. We're in the, still in today, aren't we? <laughs> but let me say this to you. What praying in tongues and meditating in the Word of God does for your spirit is that it lifts you up into positional truth of where God's placed you in heavenly places. 
praying in other tongues, meditating on the word, builds your spirit up to the place where God has placed it. Amen. You become a conqueror. You become more than enough for the things of this world. But it's what you put into it. It's when you begin to tithe, when you begin to give offerings and and those sort of things. Those are important things towards your covenant with God. You don't know. We heard this morning what it's done for that young lady. I mean to say, that's what it did for me. When I first, man, I was, I would be, would have been one of the stingiest. I was so stingy. Ida and I got saved. Our family, there was 22 of us got saved in three weeks in our family. And we're going into church and I was a dollar in the, dollar in the bucket man. And uh, anyway, I said, uh, Ida and mum says, oh, we, we haven't brought our offering. We left our offering at home. And all I had was my dollar and a five-dollar piece. So I went into a shop and asked for five single dollars. They didn't have five singles. They had two twos and a one. Here I had to give them two dollars to put in. (laughs) But that's how stingy I was. But I'll tell you what, when I began to tithe, when I heard a message about what a tither. There was a person here in in this auditorium, they said we're starting a business, and I thought, well, that's me. And I I want to tell you what I do about tithing. He says, I've got a business, I don't know what the amount I get every week, I don't know. But he says, I tithe by faith of what I want at the end of the year. And so he says, I've never missed out. I've always... God has always come to me. And so I said to Ida, I'd I'd just been finished at the freezing works. I had a big pay packet. I'd just paid all the bills up. And I had quite a wee wad in my pocket. And that offering bucket come round. Right over my life was broken that stingy spirit and from that day on we don't miss out on the tithe we don't miss out on the offerings it's all very important to us amen I just want to encourage you but there is an acting on the word of God that it's going to take for you to break into the next level Amen. So we've got, really, our biggest enemy is not Satan. Our biggest enemy is our flesh. To walk in the spirit that we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So I want to um, share with you why we fast in these days. 
why we fast in these days. And so, if you will come to Matthew. Matthew chapter 17, please. Matthew 17. You're very quiet out there. Hallelujah. Matthew 17. And verse 19. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, it shall say, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. How be it, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. My, my, my. The devil wouldn't move. The mountain wouldn't move. And Jesus said, the reason the devil didn't move and won't come out is because of unbelief. And he says then the remedy for the unbelief is fasting and prayer. Prayer and fasting will deal with this kind of unbelief. Now come over with me to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew 9. And we will begin reading in verse 14. Then came to him the disciples of John, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but thy disciples fast not? And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then they shall fast. No man putteth a piece of new cloth unto an old garment, for that which is put in to fill it taketh from the garment, and the rent is made worse. Neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break, and the wine runneth out, and the bottles perish. But they put new wine into new bottles, and both are preserved. Glory be to God. Jesus is saying to them, the day will come when I am taken away and I will establish a new covenant and then the disciples will fast. And let me tell you why they will fast. This is why. 
The disciples, you can imagine there, they're eager to hear why they're going to fast in that day. And so they've got all ears, their eyes are on the Lord Jesus. And he said, this is why you will fast. Do you put a new patch on an old garment? No. Do you put new wine into old bottles? No. If you put new wine into old bottles, the bottles burst and the wine will pour out. And Jesus said, that's why you will fast. You mean to tell me the reason you don't fast is you don't put new wine into old bottles? Jesus says yes. The reason that our bodies positionally have been declared dead is because we have been born again and our spirit is seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But you are still wearing this old wineskin. And Jesus is saying there's death working in it. I'm recreating you in my image with my nature, seating you in heavenly places far above all principality and power, might and dominion above every name that's named. I'm giving you this nature to overcome and be a master and to take my place on the earth. But I've had to leave you in the old wineskin that's going to fight you every step of the way and bring you into a walk of the flesh. The flesh wants its own way. And he said, in that day, you will fast. Why? Because fasting has the same effect on the old wineskin as if you had gone out and bought a new one. Fasting preserves it and preserves the new wine. What fasting does is what tongues and meditating on the word does to your spirit. Fasting executes positional truth to your body and declares it powerless to have power over the spirit. Glory be to God. If you will understand that, then you'll run to fasting. And you, you know, uh, the Lord says, tell the people, a lot of them when you talk fasting, they think food. But you can fast the television. There are different things in life that is hindering you from keeping your place in heavenly places in Christ, strong in the Lord, that are hindering you from becoming stronger and stronger. And you need to just have a 
little bit of a checkup in your life. What could I fast to get closer to God? God is looking to churches like this where the word is being preached. To see a people rise up to where the pastors are spiritually and the pastors go on closer to Jesus. But you, instead of looking at pastor all the time and, you know, just feeding them, begin to say, I can get to that place. This world needs you like never before. The lies that are being told out there, don't get sucked in by them. Read between the lines and you might get the truth. But I don't know of any truth that you can pick up on the, on the, on the news, in your newspapers. It's all slanted to how they want you to receive it. The only truth you'll find is on your lap, that Bible. The only truth you're going to find is by running into the great tower of this church. I know it's a safe place for you. It's a beautiful place to be in because you're going to be protected. The Word is the great protector. God will come up strong in your life but it's what you're going to be prepared to do. If you want to be a lot better off financially, you heard the message this morning, tithe. When you do it, I'm telling you, you'll have a testimony like that. What a wonderful testimony. Now, in closing, I want to share something with you before I do that we'll just finish off here and go to Romans Romans chapter 8 again glory 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 be to God let's go Verse 16. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. I mean every moment, every step that you grow, there's more glory being revealed in you. I mean you can see it, you know, on different faces. You can see it in different Christians. Man, they're glowing. They're very close to God. They're great to be around. 
Do you know, if we slacken up, next thing, we begin accusing one another, pulling one another down, backbiting, thinking wrong thoughts about one another. And we ought to be the most tight group in the community. Don't you dare say a word against my brother. When are we going to stand up for each other? We are the body of Christ. We're a special people. We don't go that way. We don't go the way of the world. We're a people that are, the Bible calls us peculiar. Well, I'll tell you what, to me, it's not very hard to be peculiar the way this world's going. And so it's going down. But let me encourage you. For I reckon that the sufferings, you know, you got to, like you, you got to, when you're fasting, there's a bit of a suffering going on there. And you know there's a tug and the enemy will try and get you off that fast. But man, when you stick there and then after about three days is gone, next thing you get strong and next thing you start, oh man, this is good, this fasting. Hallelujah. God's an encourager. Amen. But let me tell you, you've opened up your place where you've put down the flesh and now the spirit man begins to rise unhindered and he becomes strong and he begins to rule how he's supposed to be. Hallelujah. So verse 19 says, For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. Well, it says there, for the earnest expectation. Um, I want to talk, just mention something about earnest. Have you ever heard of earnest money? Earnest money? Well, a person might have been buying a farm, gone to an auction to buy a farm. The next thing, the farm, the auctioneer knocks it down to him on the price. Well, he had to pay earnest money. He had to pay a down payment there at the auction, which was 10% of the purchase position, called earnest money. When you got saved, the real us, the Spirit, was saved. But God gave the Holy Spirit as a down payment for the purchased position. And so the Holy Spirit is in you now bringing you to a place where the day is going to come that the last trump is going to sound and that body is going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. Where there was corruption and so forth, you're going to put on incorruption. And you never had no pain anymore. But that's where you're heading to.
Glory be to God. But the thing is, my brother and sister, what I want to say to you, that fasting will bring you to a place where you can live like that now. No sickness and no disease. It's what you put in your life is what it's going to be. Hallelujah, free. And if you're struggling with that right now, don't be offended. Just let God deal with it. He loves you so much. Even if you have missed out on doing some things, though it says you might have missed out tithing, you might have done, you know, avoided a few things that you should have been doing. God still loves you. He wants you to have the best. And that's why he says, if you will just come my way, I'll prove to you that you can break through and that you can overcome all these difficulties. Yes, there'll be a bit of suffering on the way, but it won't be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in you. Amen. Verse 20 says, For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly. When, 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 God, when we got saved, and he knew that he couldn't do anything out of our body, by our body, we had to do that. He didn't do that willingly. He didn't put us willingly out here into a corrupt world. But we're in the world, we're not of it. He was keeping us from it, but he is strengthening you to be able to walk here even in the darkest places and be more than a conqueror. Amen. And so he says here, I didn't do that willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope, you have a hope of a glorified body. And because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. So what fasting does, it brings you to a place that that body's put in subjection. And even though you haven't got a glorified body, you can walk like you got one. Spirit, soul, and body in domination over the realms of Satan. Glory be to God. I just want to share this and then I'm closing. Just recently, I had a dream. And uh, it was, the dream was so powerful. Um, I was um, driving a borrowed car and I pulled into the garage to fill up with gas. And there were a few young people uh, milling around. And I began talking with them. 
and eventually began to share with them the word of God. And they became so engrossed in it that they began and God began to meet every need that they had. And the crowd came around and and it was so intense what God was doing. Miracles were, were, were just right, left and center. And uh, I looked around about an hour and the car had gone. Someone, someone had logged the car. Well, that would just about put you off your, your head, wouldn't it? Car gone. But do you know what? I just carried on ministering to these people. Must have been another hour. But in order for me to do that, I had to be in another place. I'm talking about another place, another development of life. That the circumstance did not bother me. What was more important were these people. They were more important than any car. And so it must have been another hour of great things happening. And I turned around to go, and there was the car. God said, you attend to my business, I'll attend to yours. You might read a story in the Old Testament with Elisha and the young prophets that come to this place and they're building a tower. They're going to be taught the word of God and their calling of a prophet. And so they were cutting down the, the, the timber to build the sanctuary and the, the head of the axe flew off into the water of one of the young prophets. And he says, alas, alas, it, it's borrowed. And the man of God threw a stick in the water and the heavy axe head swam. You, there is a message. You attend to God business. Circumstances and all that will come your way that seem to oppose that, but God is looking after you today. Amen. Amen. He will. So, in prayer that morning, I, I prayed to God about this about this prayer I had. And so he said to me a few things about it. I'll just find it here. Um, He said to me, you were in a place called there. It is a place beyond your inhibitions. It's beyond your fears. 
It's beyond your walls. It's a place beyond your mindsets. It's a place of complete freedom. It is the place of miracles. It is a place where there are no boundaries. It is where your thoughts can't hinder. It is a place of no care. It is the place where the word runs freely. It is always breakthrough territory. It is deep in the presence of God. It is the realm of the spirit. It is beyond, beyond. It removes every burden and destroys every yoke. Yes, it is the place of miracles. It is completely in the spirit with no care at all. It is being in the zone. Why we haven't come to this place is because we have fears about our reputation. What it will cost. Well, let me tell you, it'll cost you everything. Do you care? If you do, cast it on Jesus. Am I ready to push through? You can only ask yourself. You are when you know who you are. When you know who God is, then you'll know who you are. And when you know what God has, then you'll know what you have. And when you know what God can do, then you'll know what you can do. We put the limits on ourselves and God has called us. Jesus Christ has called us to walk in his shoes. Don't let that just drop away and thinking, you know, that's impossible. There's nothing impossible to God. This world needs a people like that. It'll turn the world around. A few days after the dream, a dear friend of mine, Gwen McWhorter, rang me. Now Gwen is 92. 
when my mother gave birth to me, Gwen was working in a draper shop in Waimati and asked to see me. And so mum took me to see Gwen and she's rung me, she's prayed for me every day. My, you know, a lot of times we think we got there on our own. <laughs> my, my, you don't know who's praying for you. And Gwen says to me, God says to her to ring me. And uh, he says, Go and ring Jim. She didn't. He says, I says, go and ring Jim. So she rang, and I told her about the dream. And the Lord said to me, don't take these things lightly. I was encouraging you through Gwen not to become complacent about your dream. Then he said, the place called there is unnatural, but when you get there, it is just as natural as being in this natural place here on the earth. It makes this place unnatural. It's like a dream. When you come out of the dream and you, that you had dreamed, it seemed so real. But when you try to explain it to others, it seems silly. It doesn't seem to make sense the way that you had it in the dream. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Have you been there? and try to explain the dream. It's not quite, comes out quite as good as what the dream was for you. But God says, ponder on it and learn and remember that if it's a good dream, I'm in the dream. Amen. Father, we thank you for the word today. Father, I pray, Father God, Lord, that all have been encouraged in Jesus' name in some way. But Father, I pray over this people that they will be, remain strong, steadfast, and loyal in the church. Father, that they will overcome every, every obstacle, overcome the circumstances in this life. Be strong in Jesus' name. Father, I speak healing over every person here in any way that is fighting any sickness in their body. I speak in Jesus' name to it. And I declare you free right at this moment in the name of Jesus. Everyone struggling in finances, you know the secret to it. 
And that secret is obey God. And miracles will come in your financial uh, situation like you wouldn't believe. But that is the hour we're living in. God is saying, I am the I am. As you stand in me, these things shall come to pass for you. So we just thank you, Father. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah.